Hi friends, JP here. Before we begin today's episode, Mark Twain said, Without dreams and goals, there is no living, only merely existing. And that is not why we are here. As you begin the new year, I think it is critically important to challenge yourself on how you are living so that you get clear on what matters most to you in your relationships, career, financial health, physical health, even spirituality. And so over the next four podcasts, we are going to play for you our Using the Science of Goal Setting to Build a Better Life series for you. This is a process that we've used with Olympic and professional athletes, leaders from around the world, and is what I use myself to get focused for the year. If you go to our Facebook group, you can download the worksheet so you can fill in each of the podcast uh, episode kind of uh, things to think about and write down. Um, So as usual, the suggestion is go for a walk, listen in, and take time to think about the life and career and relationships you want. And then go home, go to our Facebook group, print out the worksheet, and then start crafting on paper the life you want to lead. It can be a really powerful process. And by the way, this is a great thing that you can do with a partner or a dear friend. And it actually brings in a bit of accountability into the process, which is, which is great. I'll finish with a Henry David Thoreau quote. What you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become by achieving your goals. I'll say that again. What you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become by achieving your goals. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It's so great to be with you today. Are you ready to start setting more detailed goals? Are you not exactly sure how to do it, where to start? In this episode, the fourth episode of our Science of Goal Setting to Build a Better Life series, we go deeper into crafting our plan, moving from our three-year best life to a one-year plan to a three-month focus to finally what we call our one goals. So we move from a wider, longer perspective to a narrower, shorter perspective so that we have a clear understanding of what will guide our activities for this next three months. So excited to dig in. Let's walk. Out and walking, enjoying this gorgeous day, walking as we are able, feeling our feet on the ground, 
standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful. Feeling our belly rise and fall. Feeling our hands and arms swing as we walk. Letting go of whatever we were doing or thinking and just arriving in this moment. And feeling grateful to be in this moment. No matter the challenges that we might be facing, just to be out and moving and grounded in the moment can be such a refuge. And really, that's what this practice is. It's a refuge. It's a way to build skills so that we can take action on our last 8% situations. We can see them as opportunities to transform. So we can create the relationships and career and life that we want. So just feeling our body feeling our belly. And we're going to move in right now into the fourth episode of our goal setting because there's just so much. And so, um, as you know, we've been covering a lot of material. And today we're going to move from the larger picture to a more focused picture, from our three-year best life to a one-year plan, to a three-month focus, to our one goal. We're going to get more granular. So, you know, be prepared. There's a lot in this episode. So as in earlier episodes, use the walking time to reflect on what you hear, and then afterwards sit down, put pen to paper, And if you go to the show notes, you'll find how you can get the worksheet so it's all there for you in a template. So where are we at? Well, you've spent some time building your three-year best life and your three-year mediocre life from seven categories, relationships, career, health, finances, learning, leisure, and service. So I'm going to ask you to look back on that story that you wrote. And I want you to bring it down to three words that best represent that vision of what you want your life to look like in three years' time. This is what we call anchoring. What's that? Well, an anchor word is simply a trigger that helps us recreate a certain state. And we're going to do this for both our three-year best life story and our three-year mediocre life story. So think about that right now. What three words best describe what your life looks like when your best self is in charge, when you're taking action on your last 8% situations and tasks and relationships? So think to that right now. What are three words for your best life story?
Now, I want you to do the same for your three-year mediocre life. You know, what are three words or phrases that best describes this story? And for now, we're just reflecting on it. When we get back after our walk, we can find the worksheet and fill it in. But just what are three words if your less than best self is in charge, if you're avoiding last 8% tasks or decisions or conversations, if you're not showing up as your best self, If we can get really clear on these anchor words for both our best and mediocre life, then when we are faced with the decision to take action on a last 8%, we have an easier way to see where our choice will lead. We can see how that one choice is tied to an outcome we desire or don't desire. So... When you get back, go to your worksheet, fill that in. That's the first part of today. The next part is we're going to move to our one-year plan. So I'm going to ask you to choose only five of the seven categories that you used for your story, your three-year story. Right? So those seven are relationships, career, health, finances, learning, leisure, and service. So I'm going to ask you to drop two. to craft your one-year plan. And as we go through this, so you're going to drop two, you're only going to have five, but I'm also going to ask you to only choose two goals. Now, these goals should be big enough that it would take an entire year to accomplish, but I want you to think of the five areas and the two goals. So go through your mind right now as you're walking. What five of the following would you choose or two, what two would you drop? And I want you to, I'm going to go through them now and you can just visualize in your mind which ones would I choose and what two goals might I choose for them. So go to relationships to start. Now how about Career. In a year's time, what do you want your career to look like? And how about your health? And again, for each of these, think of you know, what are two kind of goals that I'd like for each of these categories? How about for your finances? How about for your learning? And again, a lot of this will be in your three-year plan, but we're trying to chunk it down now. How about your leisure? What are you going to play at in this next year? What are a couple of goals that fit for you? Now, 
Now, how about service or contribution? Again, we're only choosing five of these seven. And when you get to the worksheet, you'll see this next question I'm going to ask, but I want you to reflect on it now while you're walking, just standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful. So ask yourself, you've got a couple of goals for each of the five category areas. Why are these specific goals important to you? And again, you'll find this in the worksheet so you can fill this in there, but just start to reflect on it now. How would achieving these goals change how you viewed yourself? How would achieving these goals change how others view you? How might others benefit from you achieving this goal? So again, as I said last episode, feel free as you're walking to pause me and to think about this if you need more time. So this is our one-year plan, which comes from our three-year story, our best life story. So a couple notes of caution. Many people I've worked with, whether in the domain of organizations or sport or military, struggle with doing this exercise for one big reason. They feel like they need to be perfect. They feel that if what they write is not precise and correct and perfect, then these imperfect goals and statements will somehow throw them off. There's nothing that could be further from the truth. First of all, this need for it to be perfect can mean that they put it off, avoid doing it altogether, and so it never gets done. And they can go years without ever sitting down to write some goals because, well, they want it to be perfect and they get overwhelmed because it may not be perfect or they're not sure where to start. And what they don't understand is that the process of goal setting in and of itself is required to build insight. You'll find this already through the episodes. We're in episode four right now. You know you only grow insight by doing it by putting time aside to walk and reflect and by putting time aside and sitting down and putting pen to paper. You learn what you want by writing and re-editing. It won't all reveal itself in one sitting. That's why this workshop is a series and not just one episode. It might also be because there's so much darn content. But it's kind of like learning to drive a car when the car's in park. Nothing happens. No learning takes place and you don't get the benefit of the richness of doing the exercise. So I suggest you do what Ernest Hemingway famously described as his writing method for this whole process, which is write drunk and edit sober. Today, we're going to write drunk. We're not going to self-censor. We're not going to be perfect. We're just going to put down whatever comes into our mind and later we can improve on it. Later, we can edit sober. Okay, so a couple notes of caution. One is don't be a perfectionist. It's not going to serve you. Number two, don't compare yourself to others. Make these goals your own. You are a unique person. You are a beautiful, powerful person. So 
Tune into what matters to you. That's number two. Number three, set a high aim that will push you. Come on, we got one life to lead. Let's set a high aim. Number four, work with someone to help you refine your goals. In future episodes, I'll give you a couple of great ways that you can do this. And finally, try to make your goals specific, measurable, and process-based. So, you know, this is especially as we get to, this is less so the three-year best life story. It's more so when we get to one year and our three-month focus. But what does process-based mean? Well, as compared to outcome-based goals, it's about thinking about the inputs that we need that's going to get us to where we want to get to. Here's an example. If you're a writer, don't worry about writing the perfect piece or writing a great book. These are all outcomes. Instead, focus on a goal such as writing every day for two hours, right? That's a process. I talk about this in my book, Performing Under Pressure. Jerry Seinfeld has a process where he tries not to break the chain of writing an X on his calendar for every day that he writes for two hours. So focus on what you can control. We call these integrity of inputs, right? So focus on that instead of the outcome. This also helps us because we'll get less frustrated when the results don't come as quickly as we would like. And that's common, honestly, with Olympic athletes or people in organizations, we can get impatient. And so if we focus on our plan, our integrity of inputs, then there's a better chance we won't get frustrated. So standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful. Pablo Picasso said, our goals can only be reached through a vehicle of a plan in which we must fervently believe and upon which we must vigorously act. There is no other route to success. Okay, so now we're moving. We've had our three-year best life story and we can compare that to our mediocre life story. Then we worked on our one-year plan. Now we're looking to build on our, what we call our three-month focus. And again, this is all in the worksheet. But for now, as you're walking, I want you to reflect on this. And we're going to narrow our focus some more. We're only going to choose three areas now of our categories. And it doesn't mean we're not going to focus on other parts over the next three months. It just means that this is what we are prioritizing. So I want you to think, what are the three that come out of relationships or career or health or finances, learning, leisure, service? And every three months, we're going to look at this again and say, okay, where do I need to work? By the way, when I do this, I think, okay, where, where am I doing pretty good? And where are some areas that I really need a bit of, a bit more focus? Could be a relationship, could be something around career, getting my finances in order. Okay, so think of what are the three categories that are going to be part of your three-month focus. Get that in your mind now. And now I'm going to ask you to choose only one goal for each focus area. We call this our one goal.
And the reason we just do one is because we want to keep as focused as we can. Of course, it starts with the three-year best life story, and then it goes to one-year plan. But now we're at our three-month focus. So think of your three focus areas. And think of one goal, what we call our one goal, that's going to go with this. And when you get to the worksheet, you're going to get a chance to break it into smaller activities and create a timeline. That's how we make it measurable. And so I want you to start thinking, what is it? What are your three areas for this next three months? And what's the one goal for each? And again, we want it specific, measurable, process-based. It's hard, by the way. Like if you struggle a little bit, And it's more outcome-based, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Remember, this is going to be a process of how we run our lives. So on the worksheet, when you fill in each of your three category areas for your three-month focus, there's two questions I ask. One is, what are the obstacles you will likely face? Could be people in your life, habits, situation? And then what is your plan to manage these obstacles? I can tell you right now, one of mine is sleep. I just need to go to sleep earlier. And I have workarounds for that now. What's your workaround? That's what I want you to fill in on this part of the worksheet. The second question is, what support will you need from others to help you achieve this goal or these goals? So think about that for each of your three focus areas. What are the obstacles and what support will you need? We're almost there. We are almost there. At this point in the worksheet, you'll have written down your three-month focus with your, you know, three areas and one focus, goal, your one goal. And you'll start to write in your activities with some timelines. And now I want you to go to the end of the worksheet, the last page, where we have something called your best life daily one sheet. And I want you to use that sheet to fill everything in on the page, right? Your three-year best life story, your one-year plan, your three-month focus, and your one goals. Everything except the very bottom of the page where you'll find daily gratitude and daily goals. So I want you to fill all that in except for the bottom, then laminate the sheet. You can go to any kind of store to do this. It's easy. Once laminated, use a dry erase pen to record your gratitude and goals every day when you return from your walk. And then the next day, you, you know, take a look at your goals that you wrote for the day before. You say, hey, how did I do? You wipe it off and you do your new ones. I've been doing this for a very long time. And I can tell you, it makes a huge difference to keeping me on track. When I stop using the daily one sheet in my life, it's an indication to me that I've lost some momentum. And it reminds me, okay, I need to start again. And, you know, I sometimes lose the one sheet. I've got a whole bunch of these laminated sheets around from every year. And um, 
So I have to kind of look for it. And it just says, okay, I'm off my game. And it's just so true. I'm off my game at that point. And this will happen to you. You will use this process for a while with very good intention, and then you'll fall off and you'll stop using it. That's normal. It happens to every leader, Olympic athlete, professional athlete I've ever worked with. That's not the point. That's normal. The more important, more important point, the key is just to be easy on ourselves in those moments, not beat ourselves up and just start again, right? You know that about this practice. It's all about starting again. Start again. You know, we lose focus on our breath and our mind wanders. Start again. We have a bad morning, a bad week, and we're frustrated. Start again. A relationship's not going as well as we'd like it to go. Let go and start again. That's the beauty of this practice. And I can tell you, if you follow this plan, walking every day, doing the podcast, using this goal-setting approach along with our other workshops, taking our courses at IWHP, and doing your best to use every last 8% situation as an opportunity to transform, you will get the life, the career, and the relationships you desire. You will. You will find yourself being more courageous. You will find that you're a little more tender towards yourself. You will find that you will live with less regret. That's what it means to be a last eight percenter. And I'm so excited to be with you on this journey. As we're finishing, take three breaths right down to your toes, calming this body. Think of three gratitudes. Three goals you're going to focus on today. And make the commitment to begin again when you fall off. It has been my joy to take you through this series. I hope you've gotten as much out of it as I have creating it. This has been 24 years uh, of iterations because I've added some new stuff to this. uh, And it's been my joy. As you're leaving the podcast... Standing tall, looking around, feeling grateful. I want to finish with a great quote by Chuck Palahniuk. He said, we all die. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Have a wonderful day.